Welcome, I'm Anastasia Glova bringing you the Cato Daily Podcast. Full and edited versions of our podcasts are available on our website at www.cato.org. We'll begin today's podcast with a few questions for Cato Senior Editor Gene Healy, who co-authored Power Surge, the Constitutional Record of George W. Bush, along with Tim Lynch, Director of Cato's Project on Criminal Justice. The list of grievances against President Bush's constitutional record in this report is extensive. Which would you say has been the president's most egregious extension of executive power? I think the Padilla case is particularly concerning. Uh, Padilla is the Brooklyn-born American citizen who was seized on American soil in 2002 and locked up in a military brig without charges or access to counsel until very recently. And the claim in that case is that the president can summarily designate an American citizen that he suspects of terrorist activity as a quote-unquote enemy combatant and at that point, all of that person's legal protections vanish. He doesn't get a day in court to challenge this designation as an enemy combatant. And the president can hold him for the duration of the war on terror, which, as we know, could be forever. Now, I don't have any reason to believe that Jose Padilla is actually innocent. He seems like a pretty, pretty bad character. Uh, but when you concede this amount of power to the executive, uh, you know you, there is the possibility of future presidents using it for ill. And I think uh, Justice Scalia had it right in the Hamdi case, the parallel enemy combatant case, when he said that the very core of liberty in our system of separated powers has been freedom from indefinite imprisonment at the will of the executive. And I think that's a, that's a principle we would get rid of at our peril. Is there a danger, then, that Bush's actions have established a precedent that will be difficult to roll back during subsequent administrations? Well, I, I think we need to be very concerned with the precedents we're establishing, particularly because, as has so often been pointed out, this is a different kind of war. And the things that's different about it is we can't picture this war ending in a year or two with a peace treaty signed uh, you know, across a diplomat's table. Uh, this this war is going to go on for as long as there are people willing to kill Americans. Uh, so we're talking about what the Pentagon and the White House have recently started calling the quote-unquote long war. And what that means is the precedents we are adopting now, the new powers we're granting to the executive now, are not just for George W. Bush. They're for all future presidents, whether they're scrupulous or unscrupulous. What would you say to people who argue that in times of war or national crisis, it is acceptable and even necessary to sacrifice a little liberty for more security? Well, you hear, you hear this phrase a lot that uh, the Constitution is not a suicide pact. This phrase is often offered as if it's a showstopper soundbite and all debate should end. Instead, it really should be the start of the debate, and it should be incumbent on the, the person making that argument to show that we really have reached a level of danger to the republic such that ordinary constitutional processes have to be completely suspended. I, I am not by any means convinced that we're, we're there yet. I think al-Qaeda is a, is a significant threat. I do not think it is the uh, sort of existential threat that this country faced with a nuclear-armed uh, USSR in China during the Cold War. 
in, in which uh, the the Constitution remained in, intact for for most of the most of that period. But what I, I'd say also is, uh, if the president thinks that it is the case that we have reached that level of emergency that we can no longer respect ordinary constitutional processes, then it's his responsibility under the terms of his oath of office to make that case to the American people. The president has not gone to Congress and said, the FISA law is outdated and I need more authority to uh, do surveillance. Instead, in secret, he simply asserted the authority to do that and continues to to, uh, assert it and deny any ability of Congress to, to or, or the uh, courts to review his actions after the uh, program was revealed. This is not one man's call. And if the president wants to make the case that things are bad enough that we can no longer afford to follow constitutional law, then he needs to make that case to the American people, and he hasn't done it yet. This has been Cato Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening.